Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. I'm Bev from Living Fabulously. And today I'm so delighted to introduce my guest, Claire Tate. She is the most beautiful and joyful person that I admire. Welcome, Claire. Thank you so much, Bev, and thank you for having me. It's a delight to be here. That's great. So what I wanted to just start with is tell me a bit about yourself and what it is that you do, Claire. Really, I've come. I've only been a kinesiologist for 10 years. I mean, I say only. 10 years is quite a while, but I have been around much longer than that and done lots of different things leading up to that. But um, kinesiology really is just a beautiful natural therapy um, which guides us. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe, but for me, it guides us back to ourselves and who we intrinsically should be if everything in the world was good and right, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes perfect sense. So uh, like me, you're a migrant to Australia, but tell me more about your journey to getting to be this kinesiologist. Right, okay. It's been a long, long journey, let me tell you. Um, And it's good in a way because it's... um, it's been a real lesson for clients that I have because one of the things that I speak a lot about is finding your purpose and finding your joy and not giving up until you find it. And so for me, it wasn't as if when I was 12, I knew I wanted to be a kinesiologist. Um, kinesiology was around then, but of course it was not a, a subject offered or anything. It was not something one knew about. So I did, I've done tons of different things um my first degree was as a commerce degree because that was a very responsible degree <laughs> um, which I hated from the beginning but it was you know it was something that I knew I could get a job with anywhere in the world so I did it um I have done waitressing I have done secondhand car sales you name it, I've probably done it, even for a short bit of time. But the thing was, I always knew that I should, by nature, be happy, be overflowing with joy. And generally, I am a very happy person, but I knew if I in a job I was not satisfied, that that wasn't the job for me. And so for me, it was a continual search. And I've often said, you know, I'm being the jack of all trades or the jill of all trades, but the master of none. But finally, 10 years ago, I found my thing and I'm now learning to master it because, of course, we never really master anything, do we? It's a constant um, learning thing. So that is a good lesson for my clients to see as well is that you just keep on going. You keep on trying new things. You keep on exploring until you find the thing that gives you such peace inside of you, until you find the thing where you say, the world is good. Everything is right. 
And that's when you know that you've found your purpose. Yeah, it took me a long time, but, you know, in my, what's it, my um, 40th, my 40th year, I found it. So, you know, you get there eventually. <laughs> I would have loved, you know, I would have loved at 18 to know what I was doing. But that just wasn't, you know, wasn't the case. So multiple things. And for me, you know, the thing with choosing, finally choosing kinesiology, it's not like, you know, because it sounds a bit extreme going from, you know, commerce and accounting to kinesiology. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. That is very much me, though. I have, um, I think I'm quite balanced in terms of right and left brain, and it brings a lot to sessions as well, especially for um, the businesswoman that I work with, because I do have that ability to connect with left brain stuff. Um, and then I naturally have a lot of strength in my right brain. But, yes, that journey, you know, to finding, you know, what you need to do, you know, look at that as a journey. We all know that saying, you know, it's, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm. And, and ultimately, you know, you will get So there. let's just say what is the practice of kinesiology so that we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. So kinesiology is um, it, from a broad spectrum. It's a beautiful marriage between Western chiropractic work. So if you've ever been to a chiropractor and they've like moved your body and that they're doing what's called muscle monitoring, that's the aspect that we as kinesiologists use. We use it as a form of biofeedback. So we literally muscle monitor what's going on and that's how that's how I interpret what the messages my client's bodies are giving me. So that's coming from the chiropractic side. But then it's married with traditional Chinese medicine. So I use a lot of the philosophies of traditional Chinese medicine. And for me, that is a beautiful thing. Um, traditional Chinese medicine is over 3,000 years old. And we know if something lasts that long, then it works. Do you know what I mean? If something's not going to work, it's not going to be around that long. So for me, it's a beautiful marriage between um, East and West. Um, A lot, you know, there are lots of kinesiologists specialize in different aspects of kinesiology. Um, You know, so you might have some that really look at structure a lot or um, allergies, etc. Mine is far more based around the emotional, spiritual side of things. Um, yeah, and it was developed by two chiropractors. Mm. So that's where it stems from. That's the, the history of it. Um, it's just a beautiful – now, that's the formal way of saying it, but for me, how I interpret it is it's just a way of – if you come to me, Bev, and you have a certain issue, on a conscious level, you think that issue is X, Right. Then we use, by using muscle monitoring, we're actually accessing your subconscious. So it's not that we're negating what you think consciously the issue is. It's we then ask your body. And, of course, our bodies are wise. You know, there's no, they're not going to lie to us about anything. Whereas on a conscious level, we don't intentionally lie, but we have all these layers that make us believe certain things or we think it's, you know, something when it's not. So the power of kinesiology for me is that we're asking the subconscious and we work through that. And that's, you know, that's that's how it differs really, I suppose, to say traditional talk therapy, etc. We're saying, okay, Bev, you're saying this problem is X. Your body's saying, well, let's look at Y. And what we then do is with the kinesiology, we clear Y, and then that often means that X will dissipate. Oh. 
because your body has told me that actually beneath X is Y and let's work on that. And that's another thing. When we ask, when I talk, talk to your body through the muscle monitoring, which is the biofeedback, I'll always ask what is the priority we need to be working on. And that's a key thing as well because, again, my client might think their priority is this, but actually their body will show me, well, actually it's that. But by working on that, we often clear this. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a, it's like poetry. It's energetic poetry. Oh, that's a beautiful description, energetic poetry. So describe how a session may unfold. Okie dokes. Um, well, they, first of all, that's a bit tricky because there would never be one straight answer to that because, of course, we're all unique and we all have unique issues. And having said that, even if this person came to me with what they believe their issue is, so say it's the same issue for three people, the, the, what we need to do might be totally different for all three because underneath that issue might be different things for all three of those people. That's why I could never give you a direct answer. This is exactly what we do. <laughs> but basically what you do, you would come to me and you'd say, okay, this is, you know, this is my problem. I'm, I'm feeling lost. I'm not feeling connected to my body. I'm not, whatever the issue is, you know, I know that there's more to life. I, I just, I'm not feeling good. I can feel that something's off. I'm feeling whatever the issue is. We'll talk about it a little bit. And that sets up an energetic um, communication between the two of us. All the while that you're talking, I will be muscle monitoring. And whether I see you in person, I'll be muscle monitoring on you. But if you see, I see you online, then I muscle monitor on myself. I just surrogate for you. And so all the time I'll be muscle monitoring and seeing what your body is saying to what is what the client is saying. And I'll say, okay, well, you're saying this, your body is showing me your, for example, heart meridian. When we look at our heart meridian, heart meridian is about self-love you know and then we'll talk about that you know are you doing things to care for yourself you know are you a confident person do you believe in yourself etc and so we go through that and then I'll ask your body for you know what is it that we need to clear and then your body might try me well it's an acupoint um and if you know anything about acupoints acupoints lie on meridians so we might need to do a meridian clearing um, we might to do, need to do breath work on an acupoint. We might need to do an affirmation. The list is endless um, because one can source from anywhere. And that's, you know, again, it's, as I said to you, it's muscle monitoring for what that person needs and really the sky's the limit for what their body chooses the solution to be. Ah, oh, yes. It seems to be a very gentle, holistic self-regulating in a sense because I guess the body in its wisdom won't take, take you to the point where you're not able to. So it's like the layers of the onion. Exactly. It's very gentle. It's non-invasive. It's one thing um, a couple of people have mentioned. It's, it's not as if your body will tell me something that you are not ready to hear. It's odd. A couple of people have thought that I can find out like secrets or I don't know where they get that idea from, but it's like yeah. that it's a bit like witchy, you know, like I can find out stuff. If your body's not ready to work on that and not ready to release it, it will not show it to me. So, and that's again, when I talk about what is the priority they need to work on, 
we all have tons of little things going on, right? And so you might yeah. have, a client might have something really deep and dark, but if they're not ready to work on that, then their body's going to show me that thing above there. And maybe after a few sessions, it might let us go a little bit deeper, etc. But never, ever do it. And that's the one thing I love. It, it, it's not often that you're going to fall apart and be unable to cope. No. It's not as if I want to bring my clients to tears. No. Sometimes they'll have a little bit of a cry. But that, for me, is not an important thing. I know to some therapists, they think it's a very good thing because it's a releasing thing. And it can be. But um, for me, it's more about my client gaining that self-awareness around what's going on and then being gently able to move into that next layer as opposed to being just rushing at it and like bombing everything at it because for most of us because I work with adults you know we've got lots going on so you don't want to unpack that all on one day you don't because then you'll fall fall apart in a heap you want to just take off the thing and peek at it and see it and does that feel good to release etc not you know throw everything back and you sit there like a you know naked little person and in in the glare lights so it's time for integration before exactly. your body probably gets to the next step of healing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and so, Claire, how do you use kinesiology to facilitate change in your well-being? Again, going back to the speaking about your body's wisdom and our innate intelligence, it's something that I, I've mentioned um, before. You know, our bodies. They perform hundreds of functions every single second without our conscious awareness. So all the while, all the while we're talking, your vascular system's working, your, your neurolymphatic, everything's going on without us saying, okay, we need to do this, we need to do that. So my, my thing is, if your body can do that, then it has the ability to self-heal. Like it wants to self-heal. It's just us, you know, with all our crazy practices that make us not do you know what I mean um so always looking to what your body has to say so in a kinesiology session your body's always going to be telling me what it is that you need to be doing to live a better life to be a happy person to get to your goal to um to release whatever so it's it's just quite a natural way um by listening to the body to let us know what that we need, you know, what it is we need to do. And that might come from structure, biochemistry, psychology, electromagnetic, spiritual. There's a whole range of things that I'll test with your body. Your body will show me, okay, well, right now she needs to look at this. And then we'll look mm. at that, we work on that, and then, you know, maybe that can clear that aspect of the person's well-being, if that makes sense. Okay. I could state the problem that I think I'm coming to you for, but during the process of working with me, you're actually having the body talk, so to speak, and the body sort of saying, this is where I want to go, this is how I want to, you know, where I want to take this. And so doing the changes actually at a holistic level, it's not intellectual, it's not uh, just one aspect of ourselves. It's a holistic way of healing. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's And that's why, I mean, the, 
form of kinesiology I do is holistic kinesiology. It's looking at multiple aspects because, and really that's the way to do it. I mean, it's crazy when one looks at one system in isolation. We all know that all of the systems interact and interplay. So we have to look at it all together. And how I like to work is as a kinesiologist who's more interested in the emotional, spiritual. And when I say spiritual, I'm not talking spiritual religion type thing. Um, I'm talking more the etheric type work. And when we look at our bodies as energetic beings, we have these multiple layers, so physical, etheric, mental, monadic, divine, etc., as we go out. And the theory is that any type of illness or disease, etc., will start in your outer layers. So that's why I'm always interested in looking at those outer layers, in looking at those spiritual, etheric layers, because we are going to catch stuff there before it moves down into the physical and becomes a physical illness, you know, so whatever that might be, heart disease, etc. Let's try and look at it, step back and look big picture, and your body will tell me what's sitting outside, what's waiting there, etc. And let's deal with those and clear those before. And that's why we say deal with an issue before it becomes a crisis, you know. When you get that little inkling that something is not right, listen to that inkling because something is not right. It's preventative in many ways, but it also could be curative. So you, you're working at both ends of the spectrum of, of well-being because if somebody's coming to you, perhaps they're recognising some of those signals that, you know, life is not unfolding the way that they feel so they might not know what the problem is or you may have somebody come to you that has got a specific physical ailment and you can then so you're sort of working across a beautiful spectrum like that where like you say can be um, at a preventative level but it also can be at that healing level when there's already you know that I think there's some of us and I include myself that have actually not been uh, aware beyond the physical body you know where we haven't had that awareness and so yes something has happened and then you know then we're looking to heal but you're working at different levels so people can come to you at any stage of 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 that journey oh absolutely for sure i mean the first prize is to come when you get that inkling but the vast majority of people are are, are like you Bev. we don't we we come when it becomes we go to the person when it has already become physical. Um, so in the ideal world, yes, you, you, you listen to that intuition. And it's something I really try and teach my clients is to really listen to their bodies because your body is, is every single day is giving you a clue as to what is going on. But from a Western perspective, we have been so attuned and it's just you know it's just these last hundred years or so where the medical world has made us focus so much on symptoms and the physical that we've lost that ability to really connect in with these messages from the body you know we've handed that over to doctors etc it has swung around a lot which is beautiful to see you know we have a lot of holistic integrative doctors that now know that that they can't just consider the physical that they need to consider more than that so yes you know you would see a kinesiologist 
you know, for that little inkling. But then you would also see kinesiologists when you, you know, that that illness has, you know, manifested physically as well. And then we work from that aspect. Your body's always, always wanting to come back into balance. And that's the thing. Your body does not want to be sick. It will always want to. So even when we're really sick, kinesiology is going to help. Okay, so what can we do to reduce that those symptoms. And by the way, kinesiology doesn't diagnose and work per se with symptoms. I'll listen to what they are and then we'll ask your body, you know, what is it that they need to do? But it's not like we have a protocol that says, okay, well, for heart disease, you're going to look at the heart meridian. You may, maybe for one person it might be, but for another person it actually might be their spleen meridian, which is all about worry, which has caused them stress, which has caused them the heart disease, if you get what I'm saying. So, mm. yeah, it's, um, it, yeah, as I said, it, it really is, is poetry and it's something where I'm kept on my feet all the time because, as I say, I can't assume that because the person's coming to me for anxiety that I've got one protocol that I can follow that, for that person. It's, it's just yeah. it's not going to happen. What you said there is I recognise that when writing my own book around navigating chronic health issues is that the Western medicine model sees us, even if you think of it, you go to an ENT specialist for your nose and throat, you go to a cardiologist for your heart. It's, it's segmented, this amazing network and system of functions, and so they are all treated separately in itself, so I love that your work brings everything back. Uh, you know, the body as a whole, and also then this the spiritual and emotional, and the other, like you said, the energetic components of the body too. So that's really fascinating for me. And so, Claire, can you recommend an action that listeners could take that would support them? One action. <laughs> there are multiple. <laughs> I, know. I know we could be here all day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So when you say action, I think just having, from what we've spoken about these last 10 minutes or so, if people could, number one, tune into their body more. And I know that sounds, sounds really weird to some people. But if you can start listening to your body more, and that's not, you know, and we can do this, a very good way to do that actually is in meditation. And a lot of people go, oh, yawn, you meditate, I can't meditate. But I would encourage people, even if it's just five minutes a day, and there's some great apps out there. I use Insight Timer. That's my favorite one. Um, Because it's in meditation, it's in that quiet time that we can often hear what our bodies are saying because you know we're so busy that you know that we don't hear what our bodies are saying so it's in that quiet time and if you don't want to meditate you don't have to but then have a have a time where you when you can sit quietly with yourself and that's really sitting quietly that's not sitting watching tv quietly that's just sitting quietly <laughs> um and actually going through your body and thinking yeah how does it feel yeah, how does and it sounds really left of centre, but that will give you a clue if, you know, and, and we get better and better at it, by the way, the more we practice like anything. So you get better, your intuitive understanding of how your body go, works will get better and better and you'll get these clues and you'll think, actually, last week I didn't feel that way. Why is that? And often a good idea with that type of thing is to keep actually, to keep a journal. You can just make a note. Okay, well, 
you know, this is, I felt happy these times or I felt stressed these times, etc. And then you can sometimes see a pattern occurring and then you could maybe see your kinesiologist. So, I mean, that would be a big thing is listening to your body and, you know, choosing meditation through that. And then another thing which I absolutely love is using um, affirmations. And there's, there's a lot of information on Google about how to use affirmations, but I particularly love affirmations because they are – an affirmation is you're saying something out loud. Saying something out loud is a form of sound therapy. It really, really is. You know, what yes. you say – is what you become. And so with affirmations, a lot of people are reluctant to try it because they say, well, I said it and it doesn't, doesn't sound real. I mean, it doesn't sound true. And I always encourage people to, to persist and you fake it till you make it type thing because eventually, because what you're doing energetically, by saying this affirmation and whatever your affirmation might be, you know, I live in joy or, um, you know, my body works perfectly. Okay, so say, so for example, yeah, like I have osteoarthritis in my knees. So say I choose the affirmation, my body works perfectly. Now, it's not going to sound true, especially when I'm trying to bend down and my knees clicking and clapping. But what's happening is you're sending that message out into the universe, and this is what I'm talking about energetically. And what slowly will start to happen is the universe constantly hears me saying, my body works perfectly, my body works perfectly. And ultimately what will happen is the universe starts to realign everything in my life so that my body does work perfectly. P.S., the thing is here, that affirmation might not heal my osteoarthritis. It's, It's how it's going to change my perspective of what my osteoarthritis is, what I can do, how I can adjust my lifestyle, et cetera. But it's the key is coming to a, a feeling of peace around that. It may as well, you know, it very well could cure it. But it's a very important thing to say, okay, well, and this is where some people get confused. They think, okay, well, I say the affirmation, therefore I'm going to get that. Yeah, you're going to get it, but maybe in a different format. But you're going to come to a place of peace around that, which is the important thing. Because when we can come to a place of peace, even with an illness, you live a more happy, you live a happier life because you've adjusted. Yes, exactly. That's so important. And Claire, what are your tips for living fabulously? My tips for living fabulously. Well. This is going to sound boring, but I have five pillars that I always will harp on about with my clients. And it's like anything, you know, you have to have strong foundations for a house to be built. You have to have, you know, when you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and us wanting to get to this pinnacle where we have enlightenment and nirvana, etc. you've still got to have that base working well. So I'll always say to my clients, let's first get that right. And um, Well, I'll ask their bodies, but let me tell you, their bodies always want these five pillars. And these five pillars are nutritious food, plenty of clean, pure water, um, sleep, restorative sleep, exercise of some sort. And that's even if you're restricted in some way, there is something that you can do, but getting your body to move. And then the fifth thing is having something that gives you purpose and joy. And that could be your job. It could be your 
uh, volunteer work. It could be looking after your grandchildren. But they, it could be looking after your pet. And that's why they'll often say with older people, it's good for them to have a pet because it gives them a reason to get up in the morning, a reason to go for a walk, etc. But it, for me, and by the way, all, none of us have all of those five working perfectly all of the time. It's a constant working process, a working progress. But the food, the water, the exercise, um, the sleep, and having something that you're passionate about, and that last thing is 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 the thing that most people will come and see me for. Um, because lots of my clients are quite good with those other things. Um, but it's finding that thing that makes you want to get up in the morning and, and makes you know that the world is good and actually, you know, I have a purpose and I, um, I have a mission on this earth. And mission sounds big. I'm not saying save the world, but your mission might just be to give comfort to your family and, you know, nurture your children. Yeah. Um, yes, so those five things, those five pillars, as boring as they are, really are the key to, for me, to um, building and moving up to that nirvana and that um, happiness. That's fabulous, Claire, because those are the pillars that I work in. They are. um, Yes, we're very aligned on our message there for our tips for living fabulously. Well, they're sensible. They're the the sensible. And anyone who's sensible will tell you work on those. They are foundation for for well-being um, at any level when you don't have those five things in place. I sort of work similarly to you where I'm looking at the mental the physical, the emotional, the soulful aspects of ourselves. If you don't get those base level stuff right in the, you know, the physical level, a lot of the others actually come into play, like you mentioned, anxiety or those type of yeah, it's it's insurance for um well being is is I would say yes. you know, for those five things. Yes. Fantastic. Insurance <laughs> insurance and boring, <laughs> those five things are, can be so boring to hear. <laughs> But let's keep but it they, real. They battle. They yes, are. absolutely. Exactly. You want to live fabulously, look after those five pillars. <laughs> yes, brilliant. And you can find Claire Tate at her website, which is www.claretate.com.au and also on Facebook under Claire Tate Kinesiologist. Thank you, Claire, so much for being with me today. I feel it's really a conversation that needed to be had because I think holistic healing is much more relevant today than it probably was in the past because of the stressful world that that we live in and the pace that we live at. I love your simplicity of coming back and being in touch with your body, listening to the signals that it's giving you and being quiet and taking action then on those signals and, you know, finding the right level of support. And I love the way that you work with your clients and it's just something meaningful that I'm co-partnering with you. It's not that I'm being done to and I think that's what's so special about the way you work, Claire. Mm. Thank you for being with me. Thank you so much, Viv. I really appreciate you taking some interest and I've loved chatting to you. Thank you so much for listening and I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. 
You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.